Welcome to the Share Hope Global Podcast with DJ and Denise Bagwell. This is DJ back with you again. And today, as promised, I have a special guest with me. We have our one of our favorites back, Uncle John. Welcome, Uncle John. Thank you. It's good to be back with you. So we have an awesome podcast for you guys today. Denise is still doing well. She's feeling better. But uh, myself and Uncle John are holding it down until she gets back. And we're going to talk about discipleship today. So that's a topic that uh, was stirring in our hearts. Uh, we, you know, I always like to call up Uncle John and say, hey, what's on your heart? And he had discipleship on his heart. And some of you may understand discipleship at a high level. Some of you guys might say, what is discipleship? And so we're going to kind of cover from the basics and get into what does it look like for everyday Christians to operate as disciples of Christ? So. Uncle John, I'm going to ask you this question. So where do you think discipleship starts at in the Bible? Like, wh- where does that concept come from? It's it's very traditional. First of all, even in Judaism, uh, might have, we've used a different term, Talmudin, but the rabbis would train groups of men pouring years and years of training so they could function in every arena of life, in ministry and just in life. So that... It wasn't called discipleship, but that's what it was. Then Jesus said, it, was the, it is the Great Commission. Go to the world and make disciples. Now, here's the thing. You know, he also said, pray for the sick, miracles, healings. All that is part of the gospel. Yet, he said, make disciples. Now, he had disciples for three years. And they still had problems. In other words, this isn't an overnight thing. This isn't a, I serve well at church, so I've arrived. I might even tithe. I might show up. I might, and it doesn't mean you don't love Jesus. Mm. It's not a lack of love. Yeah. But there's this deception that I got it and I don't need more. Yeah. Or maybe I took two or three or four classes and I think, I got it. Well, just remember, Jesus took three years and their guys still had problems. Yes. You know what? I like if I can go even go back to the idea that you talked about of training people in those areas of life, right? And mm-hmm. so discipleship is should be a way of life, and you're looking at training people to live life every day. And so that that's a cool way to look at also discipleship for us as Christians of what does everyday life look like? It's not to your point a class for a couple of weeks. It's not a an event. It is being open and being uh, humble to receive, to be discipled, mm-hmm. to learn how to operate every day. That's a really good point. In fact, I was looking up, and you mentioned the Great Commission. Uh, we talked about that, I think, in a previous podcast. That's really the foundation when you talk about what should we as Christians do on a daily basis. So it goes back to Matthew 28:19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He goes on to say, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So... For those saying, well, why should I care about discipleship? Because Jesus told you to. <laughs> and so that's the very basic principle is that when Jesus was leaving earth, he said, here's what I want you to do. Go and make disciples. And the question I have to ask myself, and you know, maybe you're asking yourself right now is, am I doing that? Am I work? you know, and to your point, you know, not that you're a bad Christian, not that you don't have love, but am I doing the very best I can at going and making disciples? And so that's what this episode is going to be about is how do we get to that point? of walking every day in discipleship, helping others grow and closer to God, and seeing what that looks like. Well, let's let's even roll back a little bit more than that. Have you actually been discipled? Mm. 
It's one. How can I do if I haven't been? If, how can I train someone if I haven't been trained? So there's a deception out there that if I love Jesus, even if I share the gospel, mm-hmm. sharing your faith is part of it. But there's so much more. Remember, Jesus trained for three years, every day pouring into these men. And we forget that, oh, well, I share. That's great. Keep sharing. Mm. Pray for the sick. That's great. Show up and serve with excellence. That's great. But to grow in the things of God, to know what's right and wrong in the kingdom of God, how do you mirror heaven? In other words, if we're to have heaven on earth, how do you even know what heaven looks like? How do you know what we're supposed to bring people if we're not immersed in the Word of God and being grown up? So it sounds like you're saying that if you don't feel like you're currently being discipled, you should be seeking out discipleship from someone. Exactly. So now there might be someone listening right now says, okay, I'm in that boat. I don't feel like I'm being discipled. I'm just going to church every week and, you know, making it through. How would you seek out discipleship? Well... It, if you're going to a church, you're committed there, go to the pastor or the elders and say, you know, how do I get discipled? That's good. Plain and simple. Always work in the authority. God set the church up and, and, and just challenge them, how do I do this? That's good. So then, let's go to the next step. What does good discipleship look like? Like, what should be in place? I know there's not a set path for everyone, right? But what are some key elements? So, in, in fact, let me kind of give some, some insight. I would say that um, you know, I go to church and I'm connected to leaders and pastors there, but also have personal connections. Uncle John is, uh, you know, I would say disciples myself, for example, as someone who I seek for advice. He's also, uh, you know, a part of a part of uh, his ministry is uh, really um, being an overseer of our ministry and seeking discipleship in that area. And so I would say, you know, that's the relationship that we have as well. And so I know the things that we do, but what does that look like for, say, a, a person looking for discipleship? Well, the first part, we, we've established discipleship schools all over the world. Mm. We love revival. We love the move of God. We want to pray for the sick, see all of that. But at the end of the day, we want to grow people up and we want to instill in the pastor's heart that that is still the most important thing is, do people even understand what salvation is? Do they understand who the Holy Spirit is? Do they understand that they can pray for the sick? They can function. They can do all these things. And that it's not only that they can, that's just the life of the believer. We, we, we think it's um, the apostle, the prophet, this or that, that does all this stuff. That doesn't make an apostle. Hmm. That's a mantle. That's a whole other teaching. This is for the everyday believer was meant to function in the kingdom of God show the kingdom of God where people want to meet the king. Mm. So everybody leans to one area, or maybe you're strong in one area, you've you really studied faith, but you haven't studied grace and, and giving and goodness. There's a whole scope of things that build us. No different if you're raising, you're raising now a son. Yes. Well, you're always going to love him. I mean, that's, that's unquestionable. Um, but he's only going to learn if you teach him. That's true. If not... He'll be 20 years old and know nothing. And he'll not be, you'll still love him, but he won't be productive in society. He won't know how to carry a marriage, carry a relationship, if you don't train him. Discipleship's the same way. Everybody comes in in a different place. So the first thing you do is core 
basic things. What is it to be born again? Who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, how do you pray for people? How do you read the Word? How do you even know how to study? And everybody gets that same foundation. And then you just go on deeper studies. You take major topics of how do you function in miracles? How do you teach? Mm-hmm. And you just go through segment after segment. And and you could take a couple years. Now, while this is going on, you're functioning. You're not just sitting in the class not doing anything. You're functioning in the world. You're sharing what you know. Yeah. But you want to keep growing. This, this whole settling on, I do this well, therefore I've arrived, is what's one of the major things wrong in the body of Christ. So now, let me ask this. So, so then would you say it would be maybe a good idea to have multiple people discipling you from different areas? Or maybe as you continue to grow, maybe find different people? Or would you say stick with the same person? Usually, training, someone trains you up. Okay. You'll still learn from other teachers. When you're talking about a discipleship, you're talking about a relationship, a mm-hmm. working relationship. So you have a mentor, someone training That's you. That's good. Now, I still study different books. I'll study different things, but I have a mentor. I don't need five mentors. I'll be going in all different directions. That's true. I can draw from them. I can draw. I, I study from a lot of different teachers. But you have a mentor. And so, just as Jesus taught the 12, he didn't bring in other teachers to teach them. That makes sense. You know what? Um, in fact, this makes me kind of think about even even the corporate world, how you have mentors and you have, uh, you know, you, you have, say, a, a internship to better understand how to operate on your own. Mm-hmm. And then as you begin to grow, you begin to reach out to other people and mentor them. So it sounds like a similar idea for those who aren't familiar with this. Absolutely. It'll be just like in any business career where you would have a mentor kind of help you on board. And then as you grow, you help other people on board and help them grow. Exactly. And, and the thing is, the kingdom of God is massive. Yes. There's a wealth that we can do, and we're not showing it well. And so, I never stop learning. I never stop growing. I always want to challenge myself. Um, but at the end of the day, the mandate is, am I growing somebody up? Hmm. And it's very simple. If everyone that said there was a, that they were a Christian actually grew one person up a year... Mm-hmm. And those people did it. In seven years, the world would be saved. Well, now let's talk about that. So now this person who's listening right now, they're saying, okay, I'm, I've sought out discipleship. I'm being discipled by someone. I'm being mentored by mm-hmm. someone. I'm learning. I'm growing. When is it good for me to start discipling other people? Or what does that look like? How do I start that process? Who do I who do I find, right? So let, let's take me, right? So now I've been working with, uh, you know, I guess Uncle John, and he's been discipling me. I've been growing and learning, and I feel like, okay, well, Jesus told me I should disciple people. Where do I start? I always go back to the home church. I believe God established the church as the best place to function out of and in through. You're under authority. There's a submitted, and there's a structure each church has. So um, if I go to my pastor or elder and say, I need to grow, I don't, I don't know. Well, here's what we have to help you grow. In that growing process... Hopefully, you'll also learn how to teach, how to mentor, and it will be organic. This will just be, maybe you led someone to the Lord, and you might say, oh, I need to see, make sure they grow up. Mm-hmm. And it might be, that's your next assignment. That's simple. See, we we'll always look for the big and the, and the mm-hmm. glorious and this. It's usually that one-on-one, meeting them once a week for a couple hours, being available on the phone, not control their life, but that they have somebody they can trust and start to challenge and study the word together. This isn't just social time. It's 
here's our next course we're taking this course now together and over a year or two they will eventually be discipling someone but you'll still be mentoring them all along sure so the discipleship as you grow becomes more of a mentorship um that i still draw from my mentors I'm, I'm discipled but i still draw from it so i always want to make sure am i training up someone am i fulfilling the great commission that's good well in fact you know what it makes me think about this so we should probably share some tips for people who are looking to disciple others what is that what does good discipleship look like is when you're mentoring someone else and one thing that pops in my mind is you said they should be a relationship mm -hmm. I think that's key I think um, there's no way that we can mentor or disciple someone if we don't have love for them if we don't have a relationship with them would you agree absolutely it's it's a structure so each church will probably have this but they go all right what are we trying to instill in the people's lives and I would set a time generally once a week for a couple hours not for four or five hours you still have to live but a couple hours where it's truly studying and you have assignments and you're working through them this is what what did you learn from that what did you grow well now let's look at that what can we pray about and it's an accountability also to the student hey i'm going to be here next week also that's good so it's a two-way thing and both will grow but one is there to make sure you're shoring up so it's not like you're saying that number one is have a relationship number two has some structure also, as the mentor, you need to make sure that you are accountable to them and holding them accountable for sticking on the path that they want to go on, right? right? And so it sounds like that that's the foundation of being a good discipler is to be, again, relational, to have accountability, and to have that structure. And in that structure, there should be some core key things that need to be established right up front. Sure. And you just start walking through those systematically and while that's happening you also want to get that individual engaged in the world like go ahead and do some go ahead and talk to that person over there go ahead and pray for that person over there begin using what you have in other words it doesn't mean you're you arrived it doesn't mean you have a title but very on in discipleship I want to see people sharing the gospel I want to see them share what they know that's good and also own what they don't know so if they're talking to someone and they ask about something over here, you say, you know what, I don't know that. But if you want to get together, I'll get with my friend. We can sit and have coffee next week. Yes. But this I do know. And That's then we good. go back to what I know. And I go, you know, but Jesus still loves you. Yeah. I can still buy someone a cup of coffee. I can pray for him. I can share my testimony. People forget that the power of a testimony is amazing. Mm. And the Bible says it. And the power of the gospel. You have two things coming out the gate. You have a testimony, and you have access to all the power you need. Yeah. And if you learn to operate in love, and your mentor's there to help keep you from getting snotty, <laughs> you know, because somebody got healed, you think you've arrived. No, you're functioning as a baby Christian. You know what? You hit a key point there, and that's the idea of as you begin to grow in God, having someone to kind of help you stay balanced, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I went through that where I, I remember when I was first getting what I call saved for real, which is really giving a real relationship with Christ. I saw God doing some amazing things in my life. And all of a sudden you think you're hot stuff, right? <laughs> you know, you pray for people, you see them get healed. You're like, oh, man, I've, I've made it. And so it's important to have those mentors there to say, well, you know, you know, for them to direct you back to mm -hmm. what's the motive? Why are you praying for people? What, what is, you know, who's really doing the healing, right? It's not you. And I think that's that, that's a good point of um, having that structure there in your life to keep you accountable. 
Um, and I can see that being for anyone, a new Christian or someone oh. who's been in the game forever. And pastors. You actually need it more as you function more. One, you're dealing with other things that you may not have all the knowledge on. Yeah. And there's always more temptation as you're being used to get caught up in it. Let's speak, though. You know, that's a good point because we've been talking a lot about someone getting started or mm-hmm. someone being new to Christ and how to start mm-hmm. off. But as you said that, there are people right now listening who are mature Christians who have no accountability. Mm-hmm. They think they might have someone to pastor, but especially if you go to a big church, you might have some of your mm-hmm. small group. You might see your pastor only on stage. So what does that look like for the mature Christian who they read their Bible every day, they're doing their own studies? Um, how, do, how do they seek out and thrive in discipleship? Well, it's, it's relationship. Mm-hmm. I have men and women of God, Chris and I have men and women of God in our lives that... We get together regularly. We call each other. We keep each other in check. Usually it's prayer out of concern. But if one of us picks up on something, it's not a big show. We just call in private. Hey, I want to I want to sit with you. That's good. I'm concerned about this. And that's that's more of a uh, an accountability. It's not really disciple. Now we've moved from discipleship. We're trained, Mm -hmm. but now we still want to have an accountability group. So that's the next level. And so I have a handful of very close, dear friends that I trust with my life physically and spiritually. So when I'm hanging with them, they even pick up a concern. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be sin or anything. There's something, maybe they're just concerned about something. They're going to put it on the table because they care that much. And we've obligated ourselves to each other. Hey, if I see something, I'm going to call you up. We'll grab coffee or over the phone. doesn't matter and say, I'm concerned about this. So, podcast listeners, you have homework, okay? I'm giving you homework. Um, in fact, let us know on our social media networks. Again, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Share Hope Global. Let us know. Your homework is this. Find someone, I like how you put that, that you trust with your life. Find someone that you might need to pray about that person. Right now, you might want to pray, say, God, show me that person who's supposed to disciple me or put me, or show me in my life who, who has the relationship with that I can grow with, that I can be mentored by. Because we need that. I, I see so often that we have Christians that are in isolation by themselves. And that's a lot of times when you see them get off track. You know, my mom has this saying, and it's so true that a lot of times the devil tries to get people by themselves. And I believe that's true. I've seen ministers full of fire for God, love people, get way off track because they get isolated. They get in their own theology, let's just say. No, they, they have do. no accountability. They have no... They hide behind their title. Yes. I have this title, therefore you can't touch me. They think if they prophesy, therefore they're a prophet and no one can speak to them. Yes. That's not, we, we're not even getting into that tonight because <laughs> that's another whole misunderstanding yes. of the gifts. Yes. And we do need to deal with that, yes. just not tonight. But it's a whole other thing of deception, delusion. It comes down to pride. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I realized, if God was going to use me, I needed strong men in my life. Mm. I saw that early on, and not every relationship lasted. Some I thought were the right ones. Yes. And it's okay to, if it's not right, know when to separate as friends. Yeah. In that in that relationship, you know, that mm-hmm. level. Um, but don't just run because they're confronting the truth. Um, I only go to people that are committed to a church. In other words, if they're not believing a kingdom process, a place of accountability, I don't want a lone wolf mentoring me. Well, you know what? Let's talk about that because in the back of my mind, again, I grew up as a pastor child, so I could imagine pastors like, oh boy, where where do these guys start? They're going to have their own little mini churches out there. And I've seen, and again, I'm speaking from a personal level, 
that you do a good job, uh, you know, because, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that, you know, you disciple myself and some other people that I know. You do a good job of always making sure, hey, you are a member of a church, you have your pastor, but also we are doing the Great Commission, which is we're discipling other people, we're helping people grow. And so how do you find, I'll just talk about you, how do you work out that balance? Because there are going to be some people who, well, I don't want to step on my pastor's toes, I don't want to make them think that I'm starting my own church in my basement, whatever. How do you balance that? I'll just say exactly how I do it. One of the pastors at the church knows exactly what's going on. Mm, that's good. In other words... When I first was asked, to, a couple guys came to me. I went to the men's pastor at the church and said, hey, these guys asked. Now, I had more ministry experience than all of them together. I was older. Yes. Um, but I am a member of that church, so I'm submitted to all the pastors. Yes. Spiritually, they have spiritual accountability over my soul. So I went to him and I said, hey, this is what we're doing. He said, yeah, just give me an idea. Didn't, I didn't give him personal information, what we talked about, right. but I kept him in check. And then uh, he would go on to a pastorate, but then the next guy took over. He said, oh, by the way, here's what I'm doing. We're, there's just now six of us. We don't want to grow up bigger. It's very close, tight. Um, what do you want to know from me? And actually what we started doing was I actually said, you know, this one here, I really think is ready to teach. Can you push him into something wow. more in the church? And that, that guy now is being used at a greater level in the men's ministry. So what I'm hearing is, this is a really cool concept. So I'm, ho I'm hoping that some pastors are listening, some church leaders are listening right now, because it works twofold. And if you use the if you use discipleship the right way, the way God intended, it could be a exponential growth factor for your church. So let me step back. So first of all, you are transparent with church leadership. Absolutely. So if you're discipling people, you're all members of the same church or even a different church. Let's say, make sure that those people are transparent with their church leaders and saying, hey. You know, you know, I'm still a member of this church. You know, we, we meet with these guys or we meet with these ladies and we mm -hmm. talk about the Bible. Just want to make sure you're aware of everything going on and mm -hmm. kind of here's our intentions. Right. Just make it clear. Right. Because yeah, absolutely. That keeps everything in the open. I think a lot of times the when you try to do things behind doors and not with any bad intention, but that just stirs up controversy you don't need. So be transparent. But what I also heard is that. When you're discipling people, you start God starts to show you some of their gifts, even if they don't see them themselves. Exactly. You start to see their gifts, and then you partner with the church and say, "Hey, I noticed this guy's a good teacher. You should maybe consider that." And then you see if the church leader is, um, you know, in a place where they can receive that, <laughs> they'll mm -hmm. say, "That's a great idea. Let me plug him in here." So all of a sudden, you have this relationship where they're growing not only in church outside of church and now you have these people that are growing and hungry and have relationship starting to operate and grow your church and they grow, they, there has to be a place for people to grow in their gifts every church functions differently so you got to learn the government of your church that you're in but work within it part of the like when I met with the guys I said listen we're not trying to build a big group we got a big group going on a church already that's not the yes. intent of it yes um, I don't need it to be that I want it to be tight work with a handful, then they will eventually work with others and get plugged into their own gifting. And not everybody has the same gifting. And so part of somebody who's mentoring is just start recognize, hey, what about this? And try to help them to develop in their own areas and to make sure the pastoral team knows, hey, this is coming up. This guy's trained for this. So I have a, a, a working trust relationship with my pastors and I go, and they go, oh, great. You know what? This guy, I think we could probably use. And when opportunity comes up, they feel more confident because of this ongoing relationship. And because you're transparent, 
what you have is this almost this breeding ground of people growing Absolutely. their ideas, which is awesome. And they know about it. They're excited about it. Everyone's on the same page. In fact, this whole idea reminds me of one of the definitions I heard of of the principle of discipleship, which is people using their spiritual gifts to help other people grow closer to Christ and their spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. You're using your gifts, discipling them to help them identify their spiritual gifts to help grow closer to God, but also not only just grow closer to God, but also to disciple others and help them identify their gifts and their call and their purpose. The other thing also, when you're mentoring others, they don't have to have your giftings. Mm. They'll pick up on some just through the anointing and the process, but I want them to function in their best place. You and I carry strengths. Some overlap, but some are totally different. Well, I'm going to celebrate your gifts, encourage you in it, and actually pull on them at times. Yes. Uh, we have one of the guys in our group. He's going on a second mission trip. When I first met him, he would never consider that. <laughs> Not even a thought. Um, now, when he goes, he's carrying so much more. He loves it. And he looks forward to the next one. And another one is, being, is teaching now. And so, uh, the mentorship continues on because there's a relationship. That never goes away. But now they're helping train others. So... If you're a church leader right now, if you're not encouraging, and again, I'm not telling you what to do, but this is just Bible. If you're not encouraging discipleship within your church, you may be missing a great opportunity to grow your church through just everyone working together, growing together. I mean, that's what church is, right? We're the body of Christ, and we should be growing together. That is the purpose of discipleship. But as your people grow, the church grows. So church leaders... If you're not encouraging this, I, I'm telling you to get on board with right now. Church members, if you're not being disciple, if you're not discipling, you're missing a great opportunity to grow yourself, but also to help other people reach their destiny and purpose in God. You know, the other thing is small groups, uh, three, four men getting together, or three, four women getting together once a week for a simple meal, but mostly around the word, praying for them and keeping each other accountable this is what we want to celebrate. Yes. And, and we've we've gotten so afraid of, I'll lose this person, I'll lose that person, yes. I'll lose the tie. And that's a real fear. That's why Oh, it's absolutely that. out there. And and the thing is, like, what are we called to do? Mm. What are we called to do? Why did I accept this call of God on my life? Why did I choose to walk in what I believe God wanted me to do? And I don't own the people. Yeah. And so... Once I start trying to control it, I lose it all. Hmm. And people will never get to flourish in the kingdom of God. Might have a church, might have a building, but they won't flourish. And when the storms come, you'll see them swept away. Wow. And that's a grievous concern because I could open up almost everybody's podcast. You know, or what's on their iPad, all their podcasts, and go... Oh, that's what you listen to. When this storm comes, you're going to be in trouble because you actually believe stuff that is just utter nonsense. Interesting. And so, but if you're studying, here, here's the thing I want people to realize. It's like when you know something's wrong, you may you don't have to know why it's wrong all the time, but if it smells wrong, it's probably wrong. <laughs> Notice, you, most teenagers, you can't fool. They may not know what's wrong, they just know you're wrong. Yes. Okay, and trust that instinct. The same with the Word of God. There's the Holy Spirit lives within you. You may not and then go home and study it out. So one of the ways I learned is I go something about that isn't right. I learn what they're calling it. 
I go home, study, or I call my mentor and friend, you know, the good Dr. Lee, and I said, yes. I heard this, what is this? I couldn't put my fingers on, he even more studied, and I said, oh, this is this, this, and this. Yes. I go, I just knew it was wrong. And and you go to conferences, and you have all these people trying to apostolize people and collect people, <laughs> and it's like, they're not, it's not even their conference. Yes. And they come just to collect people. It's, it's so you crazy. know you know what I'm hearing in that as well. Another benefit of having a mentor or, or being discipled is to help you stay on the right path. Not only uh, theologically, but I see so many people getting what we like to call church hurt, where mm-hmm. they go to a church, they hear something they don't like, or they mm-hmm. hear something that contradicts what they believe. They just leave the church, or they get upset and they're like, "This pastor's no good. I'm leaving here." Right. Versus going to a mentor and saying, "Hey, this doesn't sound right. Let's dig into this and help me understand it." And then you know, from there you can or set an appointment to see the pastor oh, how about or the- one of the elders. You know, depending <laughs> on the size of the church, yes. sometimes a large one is going to have a large pastoral staff. The point is to help you. So if you didn't understand something, yes. you should, you know, I, I want to talk about it. But you don't go in accusatory. <laughs> go in, I didn't understand this. Or this is how I heard it. Yes. And let, maybe you just heard it wrong. Yes. Maybe your revelation of that scripture is wrong or different. Sometimes I, I was ministering years ago and I was doing like a Passover in a Catholic church. It was not where I normally would find myself. And there's a word I use that meant something totally different to them. All of a sudden, halfway through, I go, we're on a different, we just all are on different roads. So I asked, what does this mean to you? It was totally different. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily wrong or right, but how they were brought up, this certain word meant one thing, and it mean it meant totally over here. So we talked about it. And then we said, okay, well, here's why I thought then we came to an understanding of where I was trying to go. And, I, and we just used some different words, just like when I use interpreters overseas, Sometimes they need a different word yes. to explain it. Yes. Rather than me demanding you understand it my way, I want to be understood. So how do I help you understand what I'm trying to convey? And that goes back to the idea of transparency, open communication. That's just a good tip for life. It, it, it <laughs> is. Marriage and work, wherever it, you're it going is. through, just be open and, hey, I, I, this is how I heard it. Help me understand you know, what right. your intention was. So as we close this podcast, first of all, this is a good podcast. I think we want to leave with some final tips because we shared a lot and I hope you go back and listen to this again. But I think number one, remember your homework. If you don't have someone that you can trust in your life that you can go to, be mentored by, go find that person today or go pray about finding that person Mm -hmm. today. God wants you to have a relationship. He wants you to be discipled. Mm -hmm. That's in the word. He wants that for you. And so if you're not getting that, you're missing out on your best self that you could be number two if you're not discipling someone right so you don't have to be a bishop you don't have to be a pastor you don't have to be a church leader in fact jesus told the people just regular believers go out and make disciples Mm. and you make the point of you already have the power as soon as you accept jesus in your heart jesus living inside of you you have the power to disciple you have your testimony, to your point, right? right. That's why you have your testimony, you got the word. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're equipped. And you help them get to the right place. Maybe you're still kind of new. Yes. Say, hey, I take this class. Why don't you take it with me? Yes, that's a good And actually, point. I'm going to pick you up. We're going to have a meal together. We're going to go to class together because I'm only two months ahead of you. That's a great point. So, yeah, that's a very great point. So, if you don't feel confident 
and you know you might not want to start hosting studies at your house when you just got saved two weeks ago but what you can do is invite people to church that's a great way to disciple hey i'm going to this church i'm going to this class come join with me or we're studying this book you know what here's my mentor why don't you come with me let's study together exactly you are it doesn't take anything you don't need a degree to do that and then let's also talk to our church leaders absolutely Uh, again we want to make sure they are in tune with everything that we're doing. Church leaders, talking to you right now, if you're not encouraging discipleship at your, at your church, you're, you know, we're missing the boat because we could be growing our churches at a whole new level. People were on fire and growing each other and had those relationships. Because a lot of times why people leave churches because we're lacking relationship. It's more than that. That is one thing. They don't know why they're there. Mm. They never even got to, how, does, how do I connect the dots? One of the biggest thing is the people that pour a lot of time into training don't have church splits. It's a lot of heavy work up front. But the people know what to do when a storm comes. They know why they're there. And let's say something comes up they didn't agree with. They get over it. It doesn't mean you have to agree with every single thing said. It's like, oh, I wish we'd have done this. Yes. Okay. There's you, no church you're going to agree with everything yeah. said. I, at least I haven't been to one. No, I, everything said yeah. up there, I agree with everything. I don't even agree with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So, so you don't agree with me either. Exactly. Okay. I don't agree exactly. With so what we want to do is make sure we're transparent, we're, communi- we're, we're communicating with our mentors, with our leaders. Leaders want to make sure we're encouraging people to get together. And if we do that, we're going to be the church that God intended us to be. We're going to be the people that God intended us to be. We're going to be on the right path. Any final thoughts? I just want to also say, you also may have some people that don't belong in your life. Mm. When you get immersed in the Holy Spirit and you pray, you should be led by peace. And you got to learn how to grow. Who belongs in your life? Who doesn't? Don't make rash decisions. Involve your leadership. I can't say that enough. Involve your leadership so you can grow they have spiritual watch over your soul. That's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I want to know who I'm talking to. Yeah. And I guarantee you, we have a big church, but the pastors know me. Yeah. They have a feel of where I'm at. Not every day, but somebody knows it has a feel, it has a, has a finger on the pulse. Yes. That way, if something comes up, oh, I know where to go with this. So that, that's it. That's good. So I hope this podcast blessed you. I hope that you grew from hearing this today. I believe that there's people listening today that said, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a mentor. I'm going to seek out discipleship. Other people listening right now, they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to pray about some people that I can help disciple. I can use my spiritual gifts to help them uncover and utilize their spiritual gifts to grow the body of Let Christ. me give, if I can do one last thing. Yeah, I just want to let you end it. Um, in regards to discipleship material, I just want to put one plug in for Global Ministries and Relief. I like it. You go into gmr.org, gmrinc.org. I'm sorry, gmrinc.org, Global Ministries and Relief Incorporated. Um, And they have a discipleship course that's used all over the world. Very reasonable. You can do it online. You can get hard books. We've translated this in languages. I've carried this discipleship school all over the world. So you have access to materials, which is something you brought us. Even if you're pastoring a church, you may not. How do I have the best materials? Look, go to GMR. Check out the website. We have phenomenal teaching material proven over the last 40 years, used all over the world, that will give you a guideline. Hey, I can walk them right through this. That's good. In addition to that, you'll find a, 
hundreds of sermons out of the material. It's just a great, we have a lot of great mentoring tools available through Global Ministries and Release. So we got G-M-R-I-N-C dot O-R-G. Correct. That's simple. So, and we'll make sure to put that in the podcast notes as well. Find that link. Uh, you're going to get real Bible-based teaching there and resources. Yeah, and it, like I said, proven all over the world. It's in the prisons in Israel. It's all over the world. Awesome. And, it's, and, and it is a systematic approach, and it's just anyone can study it. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to be a scholar. And those of you that have never been discipled, but you think you've arrived, try a few books in that, and it'll clean up your doctrine. That's good. So that's what I wanted to leave with. Perfect way to end the podcast. We love you. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember, follow us social media. We want to hear from you. Give us your thoughts on today's podcast. And what questions or thoughts do you have? We want to be there to support you. Take care till the next time. Thank you for joining us this week. We pray that you were blessed by this podcast. Be a blessing and share this with your friends or anybody in your network. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, please feel free to contact us. You can reach us on all of our social media networks. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Share Hope Global. And on Twitter, you can find us at SHG Outreach. In fact, we want to hear from you, so please comment. Let us know what you want to hear on future podcasts. You can even go to our website at www.sharehopeglobal.org. You can leave prayer requests, make a tax-deductible donation, and you can also just find out what we're doing in, in the community, future outreach programs. Uh, next time Denise is speaking or I'm speaking, we'll make sure we post it on there. But we want to hear from you. We want to interact with you. We love you. We appreciate you listening today, and we'll talk to you next time.